Welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Chicago, with a different special guest every week. Today I am joined by a musician, an actor, a burlesque performer, Beck. Howdy. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I am doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm very excited. (laughs) I have like a large investment in the subject matter, so. (laughs) Well, like like I was just saying, I didn't realize you had a gravestone tattoo that you just recently got, Mm -hmm. so like made me even more excited. Oh, for sure. Perfect. Yes. How would you describe a ghost? Oh my God. Um... Jeez, it's so, well, I'll start off by saying something I'm very like, I would love to see a ghost, but also I would not like to see a ghost. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like the remnants of somebody left behind, like not always like something that you can like tangibly see, perhaps something you can feel. Sometimes you can see them. I don't know the like mechanics of right. what makes a ghost, but I don't know. I feel like I can't even put it into words. <laughs> it's just like you would feel the vibe of a ghost. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So we can safely guess that you do believe in ghosts. Always have. Always (laughs) will. Um, I've been, like, going on the internet since I was, like, a teen. Like, top ten haunted places in America, like, forever. So, yes. Same. I was recently in Quincy uh, recording my last episode. Mm. And not far from Quincy is Alton, Illinois. Yeah. Which has, like, one of the most haunted places in the United States. Yes. And I am so... Because I haven't made it there yet. So I'm like, I just want to visit so badly. Yes. (laughs) When I was in high school, we were doing our, like, not persuasive speech, or, like, public speaking unit. And we got to do just kind of, like, a narrative speech, whatever we wanted. And I was like, whatever I want. So I did it about, like, the top three haunted places. In, Great. And since it fit the criteria, nobody could say anything. That's the best part. All the, uh, the, the, what do you call it, the rubric right. points. Perfect. It worked. <laughs> so do you know a lot about Chicago hauntings then? Probably. Um, <laughs> I have the, like, weird Illinois book that I've, like, been religiously reading since Good. I was, like, a kid. And, um... <laughs> Last summer, I got really into, like, visiting, like, Graceland and Rose... Or yeah. Grace, yeah. No. Graceland. Rose Hill and Graceland. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just, like, all that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I talk about the Lincoln Park Cemetery. Oh, yeah, the Old City Cemetery. Yeah, mm-hmm. And yes. how they moved them to Graceland and Rose Hill and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. It's fascinating. It really is. I love it all. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to be talking about the death and haunting of Abraham Lincoln. Oh. And I'm sure you've heard of the assassination of Mr. Lincoln. I have heard. I am a little familiar. (laughs) But did you know there was a ghost connection to Chicago? I didn't. That's the fun part. Okay, work. Okay. (laughs) I can't wait. So I'm going to be focusing on, again, it's a true crime paranormal podcast, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on his assassination. Okay. And some of the details in that. So there are definitely details that I didn't even know reading about it. I mean, we all learn about it in school. Right. Especially being in Illinois. Right. It's like 
land a Lincoln. Right, so we like have you've got to know this. Exactly. There were some details I was unaware of, so that was fun, especially okay. the ghost part. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Abraham Lincoln and his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, love that woman. Queen. <laughs> they arrived at the Ford Theater in Washington, D.C. the night of April 14th, 1865, to attend the play Our American Cousin. Now, do you know Amer- Our American Cousin? I don't, but I've heard that, like, to modern audiences, it is, like, not funny. <laughs> it's, like, was apparently very funny back then, but it, like, does not hold up at all. I read a quote while, like, doing this research, and yeah. I was like, I don't get this. Yeah. <laughs> and even, like, looking up, yeah, you know, what they meant by it, mm-hmm. I was still like, okay. Yeah, like, what <laughs> is this supposed to be? Um, right. So that's all I really know about it. Well, for the listeners who don't know... It's a farce about an American who learns about his aristocratic family in England after he travels there to claim the estate. Okay. So I think it's playing up like American versus English. Yeah. And then um, poverty versus high society. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Which I can see how that could be funny. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I probably won't ever see it. No, same. (laughs) But I'll let them in the past enjoy it. Exactly. So halfway through Act 3, Scene 2, during the loud laughter of the audience, and this is the quote I'm talking about, apparently it was like the funniest quote in the entire show, and oh I'm like, God. okay, cool. <laughs> Great. During the, that laughter, which is like the loudest of the whole show, John Wilkes Booth sneaks into Lincoln's box, raises his Derringer, Derringer pistol, and shoots Abe Lincoln in the back of the head. A bullet enters the back of his head behind his left ear, passed through his brain, and lodged in the front of his skull, fracturing both orbital plates, which are part of the frontal bone. Damn. So, it's very unlikely that you survive such an incident. Yeah, it sounds like it. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah, R.I.P. Lincoln. Exactly. Lincoln leaned forward, then fell back in his rocking chair... Because apparently he was sitting in a rocking chair while seeing this performance. I would like to reinstate that into modern theaters. Please. Like, I need to fidget. I would love a rocking chair. I think that'd be genius. Yeah. Especially for box seats. Oh, 100%. Where, like, no one's behind you or anything. You're just like... Free range. I love, love it. <laughs> After falling back in his rocking chair, resting his head right, head to the right, mm-hmm. Dr. Charles Leal, an army surgeon who was attending the show, moved Lincoln to the floor and began removing blood clots since the bullet was too deep to remove. Mm. Every blood clot removed helped Lincoln's breathing. So it's a good thing. Yeah, they were trying. <laughs> In 1865, that's probably the most they could do yeah, to probably <laughs> save him. Leal and two other doctors believed it would be best to move Lincoln to a nearby house because they feared the ride to the White House would be too dangerous. Mm. Seven men lifted Lincoln and carried him to a nearby house and placed the six-four-tall president diagonally in a bed, which I think is just a funny image. I love these details. <laughs> I, from like again school learning right. like way back in the day, I r- very vaguely remember learning that he was so tall he had had a bed specifically made for him. Yeah, when you were saying that, something in, like, the deep recesses of my brain was like, wait, wasn't Lincoln, like, really tall? Right. One detail. So, like, he's in this tiny bed, (laughs) because why? Can't fit. Exactly. Several more doctors arrived throughout the night, including Lincoln's personal physician. They all agreed that there was nothing more they could do. 
Lincoln's staff and family were notified through the night and were allowed to pay their respects. Damn. That's so sad. I know. Besides a discoloring and swelling of his left eye, Lincoln looked peaceful and maintained a shallow, even breath as long as the doctors continued to remove blood clots. Mary held his hand and talked to him through the night. And the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, passed away at 7.22 a.m. on April 15th. Wow. I didn't realize that he was only the 16th president. Oh my god. Does that sound foolish? I I think I only remember that because 16 is like my number. So I'm like, oh, and Lincoln. Like, (laughs) somewhere association. Absolutely. (laughs) I just like was reading this and I was like, yeah, I guess that was that long ago. Yeah. But also not that long after the United States became I know, right? Like, mm. Uh, history. I know. (laughs) Now... We know a lot about Lincoln and his mm-hmm. legacy, so I don't want to go too much into like his presidency or anything. Totally. But I do want to focus more on the assassination. Oh, totally, yeah. And John Wilkes Booth. Yes. And I'm not praising John Wilkes Booth by any means. Let's yeah. get that straight right <laughs> from the top. <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer. But John Wilkes Booth was born on May 10th, 1838 in Maryland to a prominent stage actors. Both his parents were really well-known stage actors. He was the ninth of ten children. Wanting to follow his parents and older siblings' footsteps, John appeared in his first professional acting role at the age of 17 in Richard III. Mm. By his early 20s, he was making approximately $20,000 a year. Okay. As actors? Like, yeah. That makes me mad. (laughs) I know. And then, like, $20,000, but, like, in that... In 18... Whatever? Early 1860s? Like... Today, that would be $576,000. Ah! Oh my god, that was way more than I thought it was going to be. I'm like, <laughs> right. damn, this, he was killing it. He, he was, was like, it, working. He was booked and busy. He was booked and busy, <laughs> absolutely. He continued acting as the Civil War began in 1861. While doing a show in Albany, New York, he called the South's succession heroic. So, like, as great as he's doing, let's just let's, add that little... Oops, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fans became upset, of course, but yeah. the critics still praised his acting. Typical. Yes. <laughs> he continued to perform throughout the northern and border states, gaining more praise for his performances. By May of 1962, he was considered the most, quote, the most promising young actor on the American stage. Wow. And he threw it all away. Damn. That's <laughs> so unfortunate. I know. John continued his success and praise as an actor for the next few years. He was one of the first leading men to appear at the new Ford Theater in D.C. He performed there several times after its opening. He was so adored that Lincoln offered to meet him during intermission of one of his shows, but he declined. Oh my god. Isn't that the dickiest move you've ever heard? Yes! Oh my god, this like backstory, it's all... If a president... Well, I can't say that. Yeah, that's true. After our last president, yeah, I can't if, say that. Yeah, if certain presidents... Fair. If, uh, contextually. Yes. I think it would be hard to turn down any president... Yeah. ...to be like, hey, come, you know, come to my box, come, we'll, like, talk. Right. It would be hard to say no. Right. But you're but right, there are certain presidents. There are exceptions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exceptions to every rule. John even performed with two of his brothers at the Winter Garden in New York City to raise money for sh- for a Shakespeare statue that stands in Central Park today. Oh my god. 
So if you pass it, John Wilkes Booth performed to raise money for it. Gooped. That's, yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. I know, that's (laughs) kind of wild. John's last performance was in The Apostate, a play I've never heard of. Same. At the Ford Theater on March 18th, 1865. Mm. So just a month before Lincoln's assassination. On April 12th, 1861, the Civil War began. Mm -hmm. And this is for like a little backstory behind the Civil War and how he felt about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually, 11 southern states would succeed from the Union. Of course, the slave owners in Maryland were for succeeding as well. But the state's legislation voted against succession 53 to 13, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Like Maryland's like, we're not against slavery, but we don't want to leave the Union. Right. So I'm going to... Yeah, interesting. Yeah. They, however, they also forbid federal troops from passing through the state. Okay. And requested that Lincoln would remove growing federal troops in the state of Maryland. So it's this, like, middle ground. Yeah. It's like... "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) They seem to want to stay within within the Union without getting involved in the war, of course. So... John Wilkes Booth was allegedly a member of the Knights of the Golden Circle, which mm. I'm sure you can guess yeah. is not a great not <laughs> good. To be part of. Uh-huh. It was a secret society whose goal was to create a new country where slavery would be legal. Yeah. And like from a map that I looked at, mm-hmm. it would have been mm-hmm. like the southern states, Mexico, and the Caribbean. Okay. And it would like the Golden Circle was like the Gulf of Mexico. Oh. Gulf okay. of Mexico was like the center of like Right. All right, that makes sense. But also, I don't know how they would even have achieved that. No. Because they also had plans of, like, splitting Mexico up into their own states. So it's like, ah, uh, wishful thinking. Yeah, I truly. can't see it doing more than that. No, not at all. February of 1865, John became secretly engaged to Lucy Lambert Hale. Mm. I hate that I share a name with her, oh, but it's no. fine. <laughs> she was the daughter of a New Hampshire senator. Okay. John promised his mother he would not enlist, but became increasingly upset with Lincoln's re-election and the war favoring the North. Mm -hmm. He decided to plot a kidnapping of the president from his summer home, smuggle him across the border into Richmond, Virginia, and then trade Lincoln's life and freedom for the freedom of Southern soldiers and the end of the war by forcing Union recognition of the Confederate government. That seems like a lot to carry out for one person. <laughs> yes. That's like the most wishful thinking I think I've ever heard. Yes. Perhaps. That's absolutely. a lot. The President of the United States. Right. Like, you're really just gonna get in there all by yourself, <laughs> make this happen, and... Yeah. Okay. I, good for you good, if you... It, like, that's, I guess, uh, self-confidence. Dream big. Yes, yes. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but please have some kind of grounded... Yeah. <laughs> anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) during the time john was arguing with several family members who were pro-union so much so he was no longer welcome in their new york home oh so like his family were not happy with the way he was behaving and stuff like that Mm -hmm. on march 4th he attended lincoln's second inauguration with his fiance lucy on march 17th he learned that the president would be attending a play still waters run deep which again i haven't seen either me neither John put his team together and 
So he did have a team. Okay, he has a team. He finally was like, maybe I should do more than just myself. Just, okay. But like, so he did put a team together, and they waited along a stretch of road outside Lincoln's summer home. Okay. Which was still, it wasn't that far from the White House. So right. it wasn't like, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, we're going to go vacationing in New Hampshire or something like that. Right. It was like still in D.C. Okay. But they waited on a stretch of road. But Lincoln never showed, fortunately. Oh my god. He had a change in plans, and instead of attending the play, he attended a reception at the National Hotel, which, funnily enough, Booth was apparently staying at while... Oh my gosh. <laughs> so his plan probably would have gone way better if he knew that Lincoln was attending the same hotel he was staying at. Wow. While in town, but... Misconnections. Exactly. Yeah. I can't imagine in the 1800s, like... Planning something like that today would be hard. Mm-hmm. I know they had, like, phones back then. But, like, not... I feel like that would... It's difficult enough to, like, coordinate in a group text right now. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know. That seems, like, trying to coordinate that... Yeah. Impossible. Impossible. hmm Especially with secret... Like, I don't really know when Secret Service was, like, a thing. Me neither, but... But I'm sure Lincoln had somebody... Right, they probably had somebody, like, looking right. out. Um, yeah, this all just seems very grand scale. Grand. Like, heist movie level kind of stuff. <laughs> Where's this movie? That's oh, what I want to say. interesting, yes. Yeah. Let's put that together. Yeah. But I want to, I want to like, blow it even more out of proportion than what actually happened. Yes. I want this whole, like, heist Yes, yes, thing. yes. It's Ocean's... 16, because he's the 16th president. Perfect. There we go. We'll write that. Okay. <laughs> April 9th, 1865, Robert E. Lee surrendered. Mm-hmm. When John found out, he qu- he quit theater. Oh. And stated that the only play he wanted to present after that was Venice Preserved, which if you don't know... I don't. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> it's about uh, an assassination. Oh, okay. So kind of foreshadowing. Right, right. He's... He's thinking. I don't know if he planned the foreshadowing, but oh, he, you know, yeah. he's like, I don't know. But it's definitely on his mind. If you're making that much money, don't quit acting. Yeah, true. Don't quit a job where you're making $500,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just ride it out. Exactly. You're fine. Because the Union captured Richmond, John's goal of kidnapping the president was no longer viable, mm-hmm. so he turned to murder. <gasps> John attended a speech given by Lincoln where he stated that he was in favor of granting the right to vote to former slaves. It infuriated John Wilkes Booth so much so that he said that it would be the last speech Lincoln would ever give. Oh my God. So he's mad mad. Yeah. (laughs) The morning of Good Friday, April 14th, John learned that the president would be attending the play at the Ford with Mary Todd. Mm Mm-hmm. Ulysses S. Grant and his wife Julia. He began his plot to assassinate the president, vice president, and the secretary of state. Oh, wow. So we thought he had big plans with just the president, but right. we're like, Bigger. way beyond. That's not enough. No. Let's, let's murder three people. Yeah. And three of the highest ranking people in the United States. Right. Mm, still, it's still giving me like wishful thinking. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Clearly, we know the outcome, but like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> clearly he succeeds. But but I don't know. It just I couldn't imagine planning one, like an assassination of one president, right? Let alone coordinated attacks. 
No, it's... Of multiple people, and then doing it in 1865. Not even a little. I I couldn't. Where there's, there's no cars. You're, like, running away on a horse or on foot. Yeah. Or, like, a carriage you're pulling by horse. I don't know. It just seems... uh, ridiculous yeah absolutely I'm surprised no one laughed at him when he brought it up yeah I want to hear your pitch to someone oh god am I I'm like sell me that you want to assassinate the president (laughs) I feel like this is gonna be like clipped out and then like played back to me in court (laughs) um this is a joke um like I don't know I feel like this is like some like like the 1865 version of like I'm literally the Joker and like no one understands me. I have like such evil plans. Yes. Like I am so much smarter than everyone else. Yes. Like who's with me? Like th- like that kind of like. It thinking. has to be. It, it has to. Be. It has to be that. Like I don't know who the 1860s Joker <laughs> was, but that's who he thought he was entirely. For sure. I picture. You say the Joker, and I just picture like all the other people in his like gang. Oh yeah, yeah, like the, the Suicide Squad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's this. I think in my brain. Do we think? Oh, wait. <laughs> Do we think he? I mean, anybody who agrees with slavery has some sort of mental illness, in my opinion. Right. So I, I'm just curious if we think that he has other mental issues other than feeling like someone should be owned. Yeah, I mean, like, it sounds to me like not only is it the, like, racism, it's that, like, toxic masculinity, this yes. whiteness, this, like, maleness, this, yes. like, I don't know. It's The, the si- privilege. Exactly. The, it's yeah. the same, I mean, it's the same shit that is happening, like, exactly. still now, it still <laughs> exists, but, like, yeah. He Fame, was just money and power. Yes, corrupt. Like, yeah, he's corrupt. he's just really, really going for it. Oh, John. Mm-hmm. Oh, John. He made arrangements with a stable owner for a getaway horse and escape route. Mm-hmm. Powell, who was in charge of killing the Secretary of State William Seward, and I'm I can't. His name is crazy. <laughs> his name's hard to pronounce. Ad Sword. Okay. A-T-Z-E-R-O-D-T. Atsort? Sure. It's a great name. Yeah. If I knew how to pronounce it. That works. <laughs> Atsort, who was tasked with killing Johnson, mm-hmm. the vice president. And Harold, who helped with the escape to Virginia. Okay. And historians believe that the goal was to throw the Union into chaos. Right. With the deaths of the presidential successors... And the Army's commanding general, Grant, who was supposed to be attendance at the play with Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So you have president, vice president, secretary of state. Though apparently at that time, secretary of state wasn't the third in line to take oh, presidency. okay. There was one in between, but that is, I don't think that position is around today. Uh-huh. And then literally the Army's commanding general, Grant. So right. it would make sense. But it does feel like a little too late. Yeah. Like, the war's basically over at this point. Right. So I don't think killing all these people is really going to do a hell of a lot. No. It, it, no, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I think anybody... If all if all of them died, right? Yeah. I think anybody who still is working in the White House would still be like, 
okay, the war's over. Let's get back to business. Let's, we yeah, let's start patching this up. Exactly. Like. <laughs> the morning of the assassination, John wrote a letter to his mother saying all is well, but also wrote in his diary that, quote, our cause being almost lost, something decisive and great must be done. Ooh. Uh. Unquote. <laughs> so, <laughs> Since he was a regular performer at the Ford Theater, John knew the layout of the theater and was friendly with many of the employees as well. Okay. He waited at a nearby saloon slash boarding house where he sent a package to another saloon owned by the same woman in Maryland and prepared for the simultaneous attacks. After intermission around 10.10 p.m., John entered the Ford Theater he slipped into Lincoln's box at approximately 10.14 p.m., shot the president, and stabbed who was supposed to be Grant, but instead was Major Henry Rathbone in the left forearm. Ooh. So Grant and his wife were supposed to be there, but Julia was like, no, we have family plans, so we have to go back to home. Like, we have to go back home to visit with family. Right. We're not seeing this play. Oh, my God. So she ultimately a lucky break saved their lives yeah wow john wilkes booth jumped 12 feet down onto the stage raised his knife and exclaimed sic separate tyrannis which is latin for thus always two tyrants i know that because of the musical assassins (laughs) exactly (laughs) if you haven't seen that musical that's a great musical so good i was I didn't know how I was going to feel about it, but then after seeing I'm like, okay. I went through a pretty huge Sondheim phase in, like, high school. Yeah. And that, obviously, was thrown up in the mix. It just seems like an odd plot. Oh, totally. Of just some musical about a bunch of assassins. Mm-hmm. But it works. It really works. <laughs> I love it. We love Sondheim. True. Oh, I wrote here, uh, after he, like, shouts that, I wrote, we get it, you're an actor and love the spotlight. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Like, alright, calm down, drama queen. Exactly. Uh, it was a tribute to Brutus for Caesar's assassination. Mm Mm-hmm. It was also the state motto for Virginia. Oh. Which apparently he's obsessed with. Interesting. And it was supposed to be a future line in Maryland's anthem. Which I think is also fascinating. Oh yeah, because he's from Maryland, so he really did his re- he did his homework. He knew, yeah, he had the <laughs> the dramaturgy like done exactly. Mm-hmm. There are accounts of him saying more and injuring his light leg when jumping onto the stage, but neither have really been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Like he did injure his leg, but some say it was from jumping on the stage. Others say it's from him falling off his horse. There's like conflicting statements. Totally. Also, him saying more than just that there's like variations on it so I was like did he really say more uh-huh. or like who knows but right long story short he had no business being there in the first place so yeah uh, Powell was able to stab Seward but after a long recovery uh, the Secretary of State actually survived so he didn't die alright and then Astor lost his nerve and drank the entire night oh. which good for him yeah <laughs> get out of there instead of murdering someone get drunk yeah. I think that's a great life lesson. I for think everybody. so. That's a much better choice, I think. <laughs> Major Joseph Stewart climbed over the orchestra pit and pursued John across the stage, through the side door, and into the alley where he had a horse waiting for him. Mm. He stabbed 
So John Wilkes Booth stabbed the orchestra leader, oh my God. William Withers, as he was running away, and then he also kicked men away as he rode out of the alley. Yikes. I think that's a... The orchestra guy... He had nothing to do with this. Nothing. Don't... He was helping make a production sound beautiful. Exactly. That's not... Leave him out of this. Uncalled for. Exactly. That makes me so upset. How dare he? (laughs) Booth and Harold rode into southeast into southern Maryland, Mm -hmm. hoping that the forest swamps and Confederate sympathizers would hide their escape. Mm -hmm. So if you... Like, I kind of got confused with this, too. Like, the route. Right. But D.C. isn't necessarily at the bottom south part of Maryland. Right. It's kind of, like, in the middle. Uh Uh-huh. So they rode southeast, which is still... Because it's north of Potomac River, so it's still Maryland. Right. So they're still in Maryland at this point. Okay. They made their way to a tavern nine, nine miles away where they stashed weapons earlier in the year. So they really did plan this. this yeah, is like they did. premeditated as all get out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> they continued south to Dr. Mudd's home where he treated John's injured leg. Mm-hmm. So this is where the, con- the contradictory stuff Oh, so okay. he did go to a doctor and he did treat his leg, but John told the doctor that his horse fell, injuring his leg. So some historians are like, he didn't want people to know that he jumped off the stage, like off a balcony and hurt his leg. Yeah. So he said his horse fell. Yeah. Which I can totally buy. Oh, like yeah. I can see that. Not like a oh twelve feet like that wouldn't do anything to me. I'm right. so strong as my horse. Like shut up. <laughs> you jumped off of a balcony. Like that's yeah. the toxic masculinity. Exactly. You're talking about. It's- it's all there. <laughs> the next day, they continued south to the home of Samuel Cox on the border of Maryland and Virginia. Meanwhile, the the War Department advertised a reward, advertised a reward of a hundred thousand dollars. Whoa! For information that led to the capture of Booth, a hundred thousand dollars back then is one point seven million today. Oh my God. I would give them up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. 1.7 mil? For many reasons, but like that <laughs> one point, that million, that's a cherry on top. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're right. Many reasons. But also... Cherry on top is $1.7 million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. They hid in the woods nearby uh, Samuel Cox's home while they planned their escape over the Potomac into Virginia. Cox brought news to the men each day. The country had little sympathy for John's actions, mm. which I think this is interesting. So the <clears throat> Confederate leaders, are Robert E. Lee and Joseph E. Johnston, expressed great regret and disdain for John Wilkes Booth's actions. Oh. Which I think is, even the leaders of the Confederacy are like, what the fuck? That's a, that's a little much. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's because they were afraid that once you know, the war ended. Yeah. Or the fact that the war had already pretty much ended. They were like, this is going to make it worse for the southern states. Absolutely, yeah. They want to, like, try to get as many good graces as as possible. Exactly. Despite everything. And I'm sure they had their own comments to say about Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure it came like, I wish Lincoln was dead. Oh, yeah. But... But that doesn't mean you should kill him. And, like, they're... Yeah, I'm sure they would, like be very political about it. Right. Like, well, I don't condone, like, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Public assassinate, or like a media assassination, not oh, totally. actual assassination. Yeah, yeah. Even anti-Lincoln papers had little sympathy for Booth's actions. Wow. So let's 
today's if we're comparing it to today, uh-huh. Fox News would even be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my god, like, imagine. Like, yeah. On April 21st, Booth and Harold made their first run at the Potomac, but navigated poorly and surfaced upstream back in Maryland. Oops. Big oops. <laughs> yeah, that's a rookie mistake. And I think it's because Virginia was technically part of the Confederacy, mm. but again, Maryland was still part of the Union. It was still kind of like a border state. Right. So you really do need to make your way south definitely, if you're going to have any chance. Yeah. But Harold fortunately knew the area mm-hmm. and found a farm of a sympathizer where they stayed before making their second attempt at crossing the river where they did land in Virginia on the 23rd. They met up with more sympathizers who provided them with horses. They made their way to Garrett's farm, whom did not know Booth's identity or that Lincoln had been assassinated due to the collapse of the South's mail delivery service. Oh, okay. Which I didn't, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I just didn't think about it. Oh, no, me neither. The fact that, you know, the South lost, so then every infrastructure... Just starts to break down. Right, exactly. So, delivering news back then... I'm sure it was hard enough. Right. And then you don't even have a business to deliver the news. No, yeah. Good luck. It truly. Also, Booth was going as, like, I don't remember the name he picked, but it was he was under an alias. Oh, okay, so, okay. Even though they were kind of, like, um, I keep wanting to say Nazi sympathizers, and that's just not, it's similar, but. Similar, but not quite. But, yeah, yeah I feel you. <laughs> uh, even though they were sympathizers, they didn't know who Booth was. Right. They just thought he was, like, a friend. Friend Mm -hmm. of a friend, whatever the case may be. But Booth was posing as a Confederate soldier on his way home from war. Okay. So that's how he kind of got away with it. Gotcha. It's there where Booth learned that the final Confederate troop had surrendered, meaning the war was officially over, and his assassination to keep the Confederacy alive had failed. Ooh. Wah, wah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Union soldiers had been tracking Booth across the Potomac, and had heard he was at a farm nearby. So before dawn, April 26th, the soldiers found Booth and Harold hiding in the Garrett's tobacco barn. Mm-hmm. Harold surrendered, but of course, Booth refused, saying, quote, I'd rather come out fighting, unquote. Mm. The soldiers set the barn ablaze, hoping he would flee the barn, and they could take him alive, but of course it's Booth, so he would never go a lot. Oh no! It's definitely one of those, uh, death by police or death by fire. You know. Oh yeah, like, totally. I'm gonna, even if my gun's empty, I'm gonna lift it to look like I'm gonna shoot. And yeah. Get shot. Yeah. Definitely. While he moved around the barn, Sergeant Boston Corbett disobeyed orders and shot Booth, claiming he raised a pistol at him. Mm. Booth was fatally wounded in the neck. Which is an amazing shot. Yeah. For ninth or eighteen sixty-five. Yeah. Like the 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 drop the bullet in, the oh, gunpowder, yes. the, and then you're gonna shoot him right in the neck through a flaming building That's in a window. Wild. Something sounds a little suspect for me. Mmm. Yeah. But I don't want to get into conspiracy theories. <laughs> but <laughs> the soldiers dragged Booth's body to the front porch of the main bar. Where his last words were, were, quote, tell my mother I died for my country, unquote. Though some say there, he did, like, 
lift his hands to his face and say something else or why did you fail me or whatever the case may be uh-huh. which also seems a little dramatic yes but he is an actor definitely so like yeah tracks yes it all <laughs> really like paints a very clear picture <laughs> the bullet hit three vertebrae and severed part of his spinal cord Ooh. A little ironic yeah. that he was shot in the neck, very close to where Lincoln was shot. Oh so. my god. Poetic. Poetic. Yeah. Absolutely. Eight people were arrested for their involvement with Lincoln's assassination and Booth's escape. Mm-hmm. Half were hanged, and the other half received life imprisonments. Which is great. Yeah. That's justice. Yeah. We see you. You did wrong. You're punished. There you go. And I'm not saying death penalty is good, but they were punished. We love for to back see then. It. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But eventually, President Andrew Johnson pardoned the four in prison. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is a little like fuck you. That's wild. How dare you? <laughs> like they they may have not had like a direct hand in. Lincoln's death, but right. they're still involved with the cover-up or the escape, yeah. or like, sit your ass in jail. Oh my god, that's so... You don't so, need to go home. That's so wild. I did not know that happened. Ugh. Of course, there have been conspiracy theories, as I was saying, mm. that Booth wasn't the one who died in the barn. Oh. Those... I feel like that happens, like... Every time. Anytime there's, like, some sort of element of mystery it's like it wasn't them it was yes. a body double like forever <laughs> exactly. like i feel like that will always be on the table and i'm not mad about it because it makes it more fun for everybody else totally but, but. you're right it's <laughs> yeah. like every single time there's mm-hmm. like that wasn't them it was actually a body double and here's <laughs> how they did it and i'll agree that it wasn't booth in the barn oh for sure i why else you know i definitely agree but like i was saying i do think it's a little suspicious that someone Got that clean of a shot. Got that clean of a shot. I'm assuming... No one said otherwise, but I'm assuming one shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know if he shot him or Mm -hmm. if Booth shot himself and then the guy took credit for it. Totally. I'm not... I'm not saying one or the other. I'm just saying it's a little suspicious. Definitely. Definitely. Obviously, nothing's been proven, so Mm -hmm. conspiracy theories, they're fun. Go watch, like, Ancient Aliens or something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, in fact, more than 10 people and the Booth's family positively identified his body. So. I'm going to believe the family members and friends and friends of family and yeah. co-workers. And <laughs> yeah. But before we get into Lincoln's funeral, mm. which was grand, mm-hmm. and the hauntings, we're going to take a quick break, go see a play. Especially if that plays are opening back up. Go yes. see theater. You can go see a play. I'm so excited. Same. <laughs> Burn every last Confederate flag. 100%. And don't murder people, even if you disagree. Like, it's just that simple. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. As I'm sure you can guess, people from all over the world mourned Lincoln's death. Mm-hmm. He died the day before Easter Sunday. Oh my god. 
So I'm sure you can guess what most of the sermons were about that day. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Lincoln was laid in a walnut casket and placed in the East Room of the White House for the public to pay their respects. Now this is wild to me. Yeah. Public viewing of a dead president in the White House. Yeah, that is... I know it's early on, uh-huh. but it still seems insane to me. I know. Society was wild back then. <laughs> yes. Like, I can't even imagine that today. Like, like I understand back then, especially, having more trust in people and pu- yeah. public and stuff. But the public just murdered your president. Yeah, that's true. And then you're going to let the public and into... Then come on in. Check it out. Like, that... Oh my, I didn't know that, and that is, like, very strikingly wild. It doesn't make sense to me, no. but okay, go on. Yeah. The line was over a mile long and seven people wide. Oh my god. Insane. Trains brought people from many cities to D.C., some of whom slept on the Capitol lawn because there was nowhere else nowhere to sleep. Nowhere to say. Oh my god. Hundreds of thousands watched the funeral procession in D.C. on April 19th. Millions more lined the 17,000-mile train route. Every stop that the train made, Uh the casket was removed from the train and then set up for public viewing from April 21st to May 4th. That is such a long time for a (laughs) dead body to just be out. Like, yes. I get what they're doing, but that, that's a little gross. That's, that's kind of... So I'm going to read through the cities, but Chicago was like second to last before when he went to Springfield, because mm-hmm. that's where he was buried. And they were saying by that point, mm-hmm. he had started to become like purple and stuff like totally. that. And by the way, they like preserved his body. Mm-hmm. He was essentially a mummy by the time he got to Chicago. For sure. For that long. That's so much. Like he was murdered April 4th. 14th I said Mm -hmm. and it ends May 4th that's so long that's almost a month that's like I mean (laughs) I I don't know much about like mortuary science or whatever but like I'm guessing whatever advances we have today perhaps we did not have them back then so I'm just like (laughs) imagining like getting off the train to like view this body and it's just like partially decomposed like Okay, I mean, do what you gotta do to, like, view your president, I suppose, but right. I, you couldn't catch me. And also, like, so, the funeral procession, again, was April 19th. Mm-hmm. John Wilkes Booth wasn't, he wasn't murdered until, what I say, the 26th? Oh, damn! So, at this point, he's still... At large. At large. Yeah. There's still, federal troops are still hunting him down like crazy. Oh, my God. Like... And they're... Just letting he, the public in to view him. Yeah, he, I mean, I guess what more could he really do? But still, like I. But he could, he definitely could have been one of the people, in uh, a disguise and like whatever coming to see the body. Totally. To who knows what? Like I just yeah yeah it seems wild to me. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Because right before the twenty first, he was like, the twenty first, he tried to cross the river, so he was right. like almost to Virginia at this point, mm-hmm. but nobody knew that. No. Uh, Oh it's my God. wild. Anyway, so the train left D.C. Mm-hmm. April 21st and traveled to Baltimore, Maryland first. Okay. Stopped, horse and buggy, or yeah, horse and buggied their way to 
usually it was like uh, the Capitol building right. or some government right. affiliated place. Propped him up for public viewing mm-hmm. for hours. Horse and buggied him back to the train, loaded it up, and then took off to the next city. Whoa. Which was Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. Did it all over again. That's like, such like a circus. Yes. Like. And it's not like nowadays, I've seen Obama's limo uh-huh. presidential in person. Yeah. Because I was on my way back to my dorm from school and they had like all the streets shut off uh-huh. and I was like stopped by someone like you have to wait. And yeah. I was like what's going on? Uh-huh. And it was like a ghost town. It was weird being in the loop and everything was just quiet like I was expecting some like dust bowl Uh (laughs) like tumbleweed to go down the street but then two limos drove by (gasps) with like motorcades like it was the whole thing yeah and I was like oh my god I kind of saw Obama right (laughs) maybe yeah uh but that wasn't I mean we're still drawing carriages by horse at this point through thousands of people to get to a state capital I just I can't imagine... Whoever planned this... Oh my god, hell. It must have been a nightmare. Give them a raise. Yes. They deserve... They deserve to give retire... a post-mortem raise. Yes. Like. <laughs> so the second stop was Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Then they made their way to uh, Philadelphia. Okay. Which makes sense. Yes. Then New York City. Mm-hmm. Albany, New York. Buffalo, New York. Now we're moving east now. Or mm-hmm. west now. Okay. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, and then finally his resting place in Springfield, Illinois, Mm -hmm. which is the capital of Illinois for people who don't know, and Lincoln's childhood hometown. Mm -hmm. When I mean this tour and his body was extravagant. Mm Mm-hmm. I seriously mean extravagant. Like, these horse and buggies were, like, decked out in silver and gold. Oh, my God. They ha- Each one had their own funeral p- procession and a public viewing, so it wasn't just, like, a like yeah. a whole thing. How many cities is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten cities. Oh, my God. Eleven with Springfield. Eleven cities doing this. Twelve with D.C. Yeah. Twelve cities doing the same viewing oh my god another club another yeah, club, the bus another club. <laughs> oh my god yes exactly that's what, I mean. that's, that's what those people must have been feeling that, that was it yeah that's <laughs> so it <laughs> so each city had their public viewing that lasted hours like i was saying but chicago's lasted like a day and a half uh-huh of course. That makes sense. <laughs> They're, they got. I think they got into Chicago at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Or the public viewing started at 6 p.m. Went all through the night. Uh-huh. And all day the next day. Oh, my God. Which. <clears throat> and then, like, at that last leg. Oh, no. Yeah. Lincoln was usually transported from train to viewing by a gorgeous, elaborate hearse. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, each hearse was different in each city. But New York City pulled their horse by 16 horses. That's a lot of horses. That's a lot of horses. That seems like too many horses. <laughs> like, <laughs> so many. Like, I'm really... Like, really take a minute and picture 16 horses. Because I'm thinking, like, okay, four. Well, okay, four horses. A horse. Like, 
16. 16. If you look at, what is it, Budweiser, who has the Clodsdales? Yeah. I think that's what? Six horses? That's six horses. 16. <laughs> 16, yes. because he's the 16th president. I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe, that's... but also, wow. I mean, wow. New York also did the whole, like, through, like, every other, like, they weaved in and out of streets. Mm-hmm. They did the whole oh kit and caboodle. Yeah, they really went out. <laughs> but, I mean, Chicago's wasn't, I mean, they, they were like, New York can't upstage us. Oh, no, like, of course have not. To do. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of thousands waited in lines to view his bodies, some waiting hours, and then mm. three-mile-long lines. Oh my god. I get it. It's the late 1800s. There isn't a whole lot to do. Right. What else are you going to do? Civil War just ended. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Imagine waiting in those two hour lines at Six Flags. Ugh. And then waiting a three mile long to see his body. There are few people living that I would <laughs> wait three hours in line to see. Yes. That, all right, this is really, just really thinking about all of these real details. Like, that's so much, yeah. I just, and it's May at this point. Mm-hmm. Late April, early May. I can't imagine it being, I don't know, it's not overly hot, I guess, but it's also not freezing cold. So it's, I guess it's a good thing it didn't happen in the winter. Totally. But it still seems like obscene. But I mean, even for Chicago, like, I don't know what weather was like back then, but like, it's kind of a gamble. It is very much. Like, it could could be a blizzard. Yes. (laughs) So. It's, it's snowed in April. Yes. It's snowed in May here. Yeah. So, It's been 90 degrees in May here. So, you're right. It could be anything. Oh, God. Also, I don't really know what the AC is like in the late 18th. Probably not great. (laughs) So I can't, that body, I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that is a long time for a dead body to be transported and like probably not, they didn't have the best like technology or whatever you want to like care for it. Make sure that it didn't smell or something like that. Oh my goodness. That's what I'm thinking about. (laughs) And then to be on a train for 1700 miles. I know. Okay, I'll stop. I'm just like, (laughs) it's hard to fathom. It is. In Chicago, the procession went up Michigan Avenue okay. to Lake Street. Mm-hmm. For those who live here, I'm trying to like paint a picture. But yes. Up Michigan, North Michigan Avenue to Lake Street, take a left, so you're going west, to Clark. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at that time, that's where the courthouse was. Uh-huh. So it was like LaSalle Randolph. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Area. It was like a whole square. Wow. Um... Public viewing began at 6 p.m., like I was saying, and lasted through the night and all day the following day. 7,000 people every hour viewed his body in Chicago. Wow. <laughs> like, these numbers, I'm just like, that's... I just keep saying that's so many, but, like, that's all I can think of. Like, How can you organize anything to get over... To get 7,000 people to attend. Yes. Let alone 7,000 every hour to attend. Oh my god. I'm like, sorry. I'm just like... Pulling out all of the stops. I'm gooped and gagged. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Springfield. Once they made it down to Springfield, they even had to borrow a hearse. Oh my god. I mean, it's Springfield. If you don't know, Springfield's not that very big. Mm-hmm. 
there's nothing really exciting in Springfield. Right. Springfield, don't hate me, but it's just, like, very middle Illinois, not much going on. Like, literally, the the thing to do in Springfield is to visit the Lincoln Memorial. Exactly! So, like, like it's that kind of town. Exactly. So, they had to borrow a hearse from St. Louis, mm-hmm. but it was decked in, like, tons of gold. Oh. Like, it was... The fanciest hearse exactly. one could borrow. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln is buried in Oak Ridge Cemetery in Springfield, Illinois, with Mary Todd and their four children. Mm. A location Mary Todd had to fight for, even though she initially wanted him buried in Chicago. Oh. Which I think is also fascinating. Uh-huh. So, originally, she was like, there. I guess there was like a tomb that uh, George Washington mm-hmm. didn't end up using Okay. in D.C., that Mary Todd was like, I want my husband buried there. Okay. And then I think her son was like, I think it would be better if he was buried in Illinois. That's yeah. where he grew up. And Mary Todd's like, okay, great, but Chicago. Mm. And then government officials were like, mm, how about Springfield? <laughs> oh my God. So then she finally agreed to Springfield, but then they wanted him buried in, I don't remember the name of it, it's like Mather or something like that, a very specific tomb that was on a hill. Oh, okay, okay. Like, a whole thing. And Mary Todd, after visiting Oak Ridge, was like, no. Not this. He will be buried here. Wow. No ands of surprise. Queen. Queen. Yeah. We love her. We do. Especially after being like, no DC, no Chicago, I'm done being told no. Yeah, I am not compromising anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Now, for some Abraham Lincoln ghosts. Yes. (laughs) Which, if after what we all talked about, and after his body going through all of that, yeah, I would be a ghost too. Oh my god, me too. It's a after I was murdered, after I didn't get to finish what I started with the Civil War oh, and yeah. the legislation and whatnot. And I'm not saying Lincoln was the perfect president or anything, but like he didn't get to finish what he started. Totally, and like, isn't one of the biggest things for creating a ghost like unfinished business? I think so. Yeah, same. And so, like, I think that's plenty. And yeah. also, like, just the voyage of that yes. body. Like, that's so much. So <laughs> it's a lot to go through. I would also be a ghost. And I brought it up in an earlier episode where, well, it was kind of about a bunch of different things, but I discussed the idea of, like, justice mm-hmm. being a reason why you haunt as oh, well totally so if justice isn't met so like a lot of the earlier episodes on the podcast a lot of people responsible or who had a hand in whatever tragedy happened mm-hmm. whether it was like specific, like uh, intentional or not yeah they were never arrested they were never charged for their crimes or whatever so justice wasn't served so i think that is a huge reason why ghost haunt you know oh for sure i never got my you know fair shake yeah i think it kind of applies here even though john wilkes booth i mean he was he died Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily justice yeah for his actions no totally no one yeah i don't know no i'm totally with you that makes a lot of sense (laughs) so i also do want to add before i get into these ghosts lincoln was a Firm believer in spirits. Spiritualism. Yes. yes. Oh my god, I love that. Like <laughs> he had, he even had like people come to the White House and like give like uh, crystal ball readings and stuff yeah. like that. I love that for him. Same. I just envision this six four older man like, being like, 
Go like, for it. Yes, tell me what's going yes. on. Like, who, <laughs> what spirits are here with me today? Like, oh, I Lord. love that. So many presidents have been seen in the White House after their deaths, but the most frequently seen is Lincoln. <gasps> so much so that he's known as the White House ghost. Oh my God. Which I love. Again, it's... Yes. <laughs> way to brand yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt claimed to have frequently felt Lincoln's presence. Her dog, Fala, would bark at nothing, and Eleanor believed it to be Lincoln. Oh, my God. Press secretaries from different presidencies. And when I mean different presidencies, I mean decades apart. I'm not talking about back-to-back presidents. I mean right. decades apart. They've also felt his, president, or his presence. You can hear footsteps outside the Lincoln bedroom. <gasps> Now, this is the other thing. Like, I'm sure there are tons of bedrooms in that White House. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know if the president gets to choose their bedroom. Oh. You know? Yeah. Or if it's like, well, this bedroom's been turned into an office. Or, like, mm-hmm. I'm just curious about all of that. Yeah, but I, w- I would like to know. <laughs> from reading this, it seems like in the 90s, Lincoln's bedroom was, like, heavily used. Okay. By, like, guests. Oh, okay, okay. Um... People who slept in the Lincoln bedroom have heard knocking at the door. Oh. Many have seen phantom shapes lying in the bed. Oh my god. And First Lady Coolidge said she actually saw him standing at the window in the yellow oval room staring at the Potomac. Whoa. It's... Uh, I know. (laughs) This is where I started feeling chills while I was typing this up, and I was like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Many presidents, first ladies, and assistants have seen him. Famously, the Queen of the Netherlands in 1942 answered a knocking at, on her door to see Lincoln standing in the doorway in a top hat, causing her to faint. Oh my god. I also would faint. 100%. <laughs> Winston Churchill explained he saw the president leaning against the fireplace mm. in his bedroom, in the Lincoln bedroom. Churchill had taken a bath and entered the room naked, saying, Good evening, quote, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage, Uh, uh, unquote. Oh, my God. (laughs) Lincoln apparently smiled, then disappeared. Whoa. I'm getting chills. I, I, like, I guess I, like, I kind of, like, knew, like, some of this, but I didn't really know. But just hearing all these, I'm like, Wow, like Lincoln haunts the White House, like... Period. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's also seen in many locations in Springfield. Mm -hmm. Lincoln's son, Willie, who died in the White House, is also also said to be seen roaming the giant White House Mm. in D.C. Like, all over the White House, he's Uh seen. All of that is wonderful, but this is a season about Chicago... And so far, I've spent most of the time in D.C., of Uh course. The haunting that interests me in this podcast is the funeral train. Oh. That many have seen driving along the same route his funeral train took. What? So not only is Lincoln in the White House, he visits Springfield every time and again. Yeah. And then his funeral train also makes an appearance along the same route. I love, like, a ghost vehicle. Yes. Or, like, a ghost house. Like, yes. that is incredible. You've heard of a ghost house. You've heard of a ghost uh, car. 
Have you heard of a ghost train? We've heard of ghost ships. Exactly. Where's the ghost train? Yeah. Here it is. In Here it's it in is. Chicago. <laughs> Usually in the month of April, there are reports of seeing a ghostly train and hearing the whistle. And there is an extremely detailed description. And when I mean detailed, I mean this guy went on for like three pages about him describing seeing this train. Oh my God. And he was a switch operator who was working late one night and saw the phantom train on the first year anniversary. So the year after Mm -hmm. it happened. And then two more times after that. Oh my God. The story has been featured in many papers by many eyewitnesses. In Chicago, the train arrived in a depot that would be at the intersection of Michigan and Roosevelt. Okay. So if you can picture that, it's n- not very far from, like, museum campus. Uh-huh. So I'm guess So if you're lucky and you're going to, like, the Field Museum or the Soldier Field or anything... Yeah. And you happen to see a train over there that doesn't look quite right... Perhaps... You know what you're looking at. Perhaps it's not quite right. <laughs> perhaps your eyes do not deceive you. Yes. <laughs> There have been ghost sightings in the old courthouse in Chicago where Lincoln's body was viewed as well. Mm -hmm. Though, today it's City Hall. Oh, yeah. So you can definitely, if you're in City Hall, keep a lookout for it. Yeah. But the old courthouse was also where, like, they hung people and stuff like that. So it could be, like, a multitude of ghosts. Right. It could also be Lincoln. It could be, yeah. But people have straight up said, I have seen a ghost train or, like, a train in Chicago that has you know I'll post pictures on Instagram and Twitter but like his funeral train had a portrait of him on the front Uh huh. so there's like no mistaking yeah especially a locomotive back then totally to today's trains yeah not gonna look the same right oh my god now before I get into a ghost story that's related to this okay do you have any experiences of your own I don't really like I've kind of always wanted one but also like prayed desperately (laughs) I would never have one um like anytime I say anywhere new I'm like is tonight the night I see a ghost and like I haven't but um maybe you haven't because you don't because you've put it out in the universe that you're like okay not seeing one yeah fair enough I'm like very 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 fascinated by paranormal stuff I'm also very easily scared um (laughs) but there is somebody um kind of jumping back a few topic points this isn't mine but uh somebody who was in uh the play that Abraham Lincoln was at well he was when he shot um mm -hmm. American Cousin yeah 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 somebody who was in it is buried in Chicago and apparently like told that story like till the day she died and just like uh, was like I was there the night that Lincoln was shot and like I cannot remember her name but like I what did you though I oh, think I, I I would tell that forever yeah, yeah exactly. um, but she's buried in Chicago and that was like her whole deal I didn't know that that's mm-hmm. we have to visit her grave I want to say it's a mm, it's I think it's Rose Hill but I'm not gotcha. sure but I could we'll look find it up out. Yeah. yeah 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 we'll have to visit that'd mm-hmm. be cool yeah um I would ask I would absolutely tell that story. I would tell any... That's a huge event. It that's, is. Yeah. It is. Um, and yeah, she, I guess, like, sometimes would embellish it and whatever. But, like, that was her big deal. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> so, anything paranormal? Oh. Just weird dreams? Um, I do have a lot of weird dreams where, like, 
I can't, gosh, I wish. I'm so bad at coming up with stuff <laughs> no, that's okay. thought, but like. I only bring up dreams because mm. I have, and I say listener because she does listen, mm-hmm. but she's also my mom, so <laughs> she of course listens. Right. But she has told me this story since I was a little child. Oh my God. So I did not know that there was like a ghost train. Mm-hmm. Until I was, like, looking up stories to do for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, Abraham Lincoln's ghost train? Why have I heard of that before? Oh, my God. And so, okay, let me just read what she wrote. It's yes. like a short paragraph. But when I was a young girl, I had the same reoccurring dream. It was a very vivid. It was very vivid and had my grandmother in it also. I dreamt that I was at my grandmother's house. She lived in Newport, Kentucky, which is across the river from Cincinnati. She was rushing me to get ready to go, so we didn't miss it. We would walk down the street and go to the landing for the train. We waited with many other people. She said to me, he will always go down as one of the greatest presidents to ever live. We watched as the train carrying President Lincoln passed by. The dream happened many times, and it was always me and my grandmother. If this was a former life, at least I had the same grandmother. Oh my God. So, I, again, this is my mom. She has told me this since I was a child child. That is incredible. So, I think it's, and she is very, um, my, my mom's side of the family is very paranormal. Totally. We've all experienced something oh my here gosh. and there. Yeah. Like, my mom, her two sisters, my grandparents, me. Like, it's like all of us have some kind of, more than one story. So, it's kind of yeah. wild in that way. So I do think it's fascinating that she's been saying, she's like been so adamant about like, I've seen Lincoln's death or death train. Yeah. I've seen it. No one can tell me otherwise. She was born a hundred years after it happened. I, but like. I believe her. I like, am, I love that. That's incredible. I think it's so fascinating. Yeah. But thank you Beck for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You can follow Haunted Hometowns on Instagram and Twitter for photos, guest information, like I'll post Beck's information, and anything related to the podcast. Please send me your ghost stories. Reach out to your grandparents for theirs as well. I'm sure grandparents have wonderful paranormal stories. Oh, totally. Email them to hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from all your cabinets flying open on their own to your pants being pulled down at work on their own. Whatever the case may be, let me know. Beck, where can they find you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at mx underscore olidian, mix olidian. And uh, I think that's probably the best place to find me, yeah. really. Yeah. And again, I'll tag you and stuff so mm-hmm. the listeners can find all your wonderful performances that are coming up in tabs (laughs) don't forget to subscribe rate and share the podcast so i can keep this going and bring you more ghost stories and tune in next week for the season finale because everyone loves a ghost story i got some of this information from wikipedia ghosts of chicago adam seltzer oh my god with him okay good i have his books i have he's the tour guide i was telling you yes about. okay i'm <laughs> my king wait <laughs> i have not only this tote bag
have his book that, and this is part. This is yeah. It's like goes to Chicago. One of the smaller parts of the book, but yeah, yeah, yeah for th- sure. That's actually like such a rare book to have. It's like out of print. Like he signed it. Yeah, yeah, I have the <laughs> king. Oh my god, I love this. Anyway, not anyway, to interrupt. No, no, no. That's wow. great. I'm glad you. I'm glad you know. He's my favorite. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I got some of this information from Wikipedia, Ghosts of Chicago by Adam Seltzer, Unmasked History Magazine, and a website, uh, Roger J. Norton. You can follow the wonderful artist and the one who does this artwork for this podcast, Pepe Munoz. You can follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z, and the artist who created the wonderful theme song is Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at 4boyslikeme. That's F-O-R boys like me. 